Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspective. That it is. That it is. That Titties. We've got our champagne here. Is it champagne? I couldn't even. I couldn't tell if it was sparkling wine or champagne. I'm a really bad. Well, I mean, drinker. is it ever like champagne? It's like a brute, you know. Good point. Good like, point. Good point. It's not like fancy. It's like barefoot. I mean, you know? I feel fancy. Yeah, you know, me too. I always <laughs> feel fancy. I feel like growing up, I felt like champagne or anything akin to that, like Prosecco, was like the height of sophistication. 100%. Yeah. You know, like I was just like, that's something that only rich people have access to. Yes. And like little did I know, like you can just grow up and like get it. From the store whenever you want it. Yeah. I mean, granted, like there are levels to this. Like there's very expensive champagne. I've got to say champagne drunk is my best drunk. It's fantastic. I am so much fun when I'm drunk on champagne. Listen, kids, be careful out there. Sometimes I feel like we're being bad examples. Like We're not their parents. Responsibly. We're not their parents. They have their parents to do all that. Just we are grown-ass women who can drink alcohol, and our listeners are not just itty-bitty ones. That's, I mean, it's true. I'm just saying. Okay? <laughs> I think that you're a great example for our listeners, Keegan. I think you're just fine. Thank you. I try so hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into <sighs> news today. Yeah. Um, so I don't have any notes about this, and I don't want to stick on it too long because there are definitely other things that uh, I feel like we need to discuss. Maybe I have notes on it. What is it? But I it just happened today, and that is um, the situation, or today, our time, it's we're recording on Wednesday, with uh, Representative Paul Gozar. No, I don't know. What's, I've been at work all day without my phone. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, it's really like... So he shared a cartoon, like an animation, okay, of him killing AOC. Come again? Yeah. Yeah, like this is her coworker essentially. Like, you know, yeah. like he is a Republican. Some even call him like a far right representative. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, and of course, well, we, we all know that AOC is a progressive representative in Congress. That is like has a target on her back for anybody who's like on the right. Right. So he is being censured and AOC um, kind of like made a statement where she was like, I don't even understand why this is a question. Like, this isn't about me. This isn't about where you fall on the political spectrum. Like, this is my... Um, fellow congressperson like this yeah. is a co-worker of mine 
making like jokes a, about about my death me, yeah about him killing me and when you think about it in a sense where you're not thinking about like political people you're just thinking about yourself at work like think about like if a co-worker they'd be fired H- yes. there's no way that like that would be allowed to slide and yeah. he is being censured uh I, what does that mean exactly i don't really know again like, like I, maybe investigated i don't know I, I don't know what all the levels to it are. I do know it does not happen very often. Like it, the last time it happened was like, I think the eighties or something. Again, don't quote me on all the, all these no, facts, yeah. but uh, it's been a really long time since some, anyone has been censured. Oh uh, so God. it's not good. But like the point is he should immediately lose be, his job. Yeah. He should be fired. Yeah. So um, that's awful. Wow. And like, that's something that. Happens, yeah. I mean, so. I'm sure we'll have more updates on that next week coming up. Right. But I just wanted to at least acknowledge it because, because yeah. it like I don't know it really bummed me out <laughs> yeah know? that is a huge bummer and awful to look at yes yeah and I just this let this won't you don't have to agree with her politics but like let, let her, her do her job live. like yeah you know, just to try and function and get anything done in an environment where you are constantly being threatened uh is it would be horrible so, yeah you know just, I feel for AOC she's so tough but I feel like that's such an exterior thing. Like you're still affected by those things. I'm sure that there are still times that she goes home and cries. You know what I mean? Like it just makes me upset. Right. Well, that people are tough because they have to be a lot of the time. Exactly. You know? And I feel like she's really built that wall up. But I can imagine that all of the hatred aimed toward her is really, really devastating. And that fear, you know, a lot of people on the right kind of made fun of her after her statement um, after January 6th basically saying she was like over exaggerating like how scared and stuff she was and you maybe you were there and you weren't as scared as she was but, but you're not AOC but you're not her yeah and like the people who were storming that capitol building were looking for her yes and so like you cannot expect everybody to react the same way mm-hmm. uh, to a situation like that uh don't belittle someone's lived experience because it would be really terrifying to yeah me, you know definitely so. Well, I have something else that's incredibly infuriating to talk about. So I'd like to go first. Okay. Um, I'm not going to get into everything involving this because it would honestly have its own full length episode. But I did want to touch on the Kyle Rittenhouse trial oh. because we are in deliberation right mm-hmm. now for that. I Like I said, I haven't been on my phone all day, so I don't know if there's any updates on any of that. Not as far as I know. Again, we're recording Wednesday, November 17th. So by the time this is out on Friday, maybe the deliberations will be out. But either way, I think it's a really important conversation to have because this trial has been an absolute circus. And like I said, we're not going to go through everything that happened because it would be a legit full length episode to right. talk about everything yeah. in this crazy fucking trial. I that's mean, been going and on. we did touch on it early on um, before jury selection. Yeah. With just the out of pocket behavior of the judge in the, this case. The judge should lose his job like the the, and I'm going to talk a little bit about something that the judge has done that is very very bizarre so before we get into some of the details of the trial just a quick reminder of why Kyle Rittenhouse is on trial on August 25th 2020 he armed himself with an AR-15 assault rifle and carried a medical kit as he went down to downtown Kenosha Wisconsin where protests are being held following the police murder of Jacob Blake So I'm sure a lot of us remember this happening. Rittenhouse shot at four people, killing two and wounding a third. 
The prosecution has argued that by arriving at the protest with a weapon, he was provoking confrontation. Yeah, no kidding. You right? don't show up to a situation like that with an automatic weapon. You crossed state lines. You mm-hmm. got a weapon illegally, crossed state lines with an automatic weapon. Or a yeah. semi-automatic weapon. Yeah. For what exactly? Exactly. That's exactly right. So, but Kyle Rittenhouse is claiming that he shot in self-defense with one particular victim. Why do you have a fucking gun in the first place? I know. It doesn't, it, for this exact reason, like he's obviously lying. Um, he claims that victim Joseph Rosenbaum threatened to kill him and chased after him. And he testified that he was afraid that Joseph would take his weapon and kill him. He also testified that another victim, Anthony Huber, was shot and killed only after hitting Rittenhouse in the neck with a skateboard and grabbing his gun. So that is what the defense is saying, that it was self-defense. What what could have avoided this entire situation if you weren't walking around at night with a fucking gun? But this is the thing. Wisconsin is an open carry state, and it's not against the law for him to be carrying around an AR-15. Yeah, but it is against the law for a 17-year-old to be carrying an AR-15 that they obtained illegally and brought across state. I'm pretty sure that the what was it the charge of it did get thrown out yeah it got thrown Mm -hmm. out so like and that but this is this is why they're saying it's thrown out but it makes absolutely no sense to be bringing a semi-automatic rifle from across state lines and bringing it to a protest but he got away with it um and it was legal technically for Rittenhouse to carry around an AR-15 within the borders of Wisconsin right so just to be more specific on that because there might be listeners who are wondering like how was it legal for him because he was 17 so It's technically illegal for anyone, even in Wisconsin, for anyone under 18 to be open carrying a weapon. Right. What the judge did, to my understanding, was he threw that out because there is a loophole law in Wisconsin where if you're under 17, you can have a weapon to go hunting. Which, what are the implications? I mean, he was hunting. He was was hunting hunting fucking people. That's what it feels like. Uh, But so the, the judge was basically like, it's a technicality. He's yeah. almost 18. It's fine. Dude, this so he judge threw it out. Seriously has some fucking problems. Yeah. Um, the other issue that the defense brought up was that they are saying the video footage was too grainy and it was enhanced with artificial intelligence software. So you can't really trust what's being seen in the video, which is bullshit. You can very clearly see everything that's going on. Um, And then the other big issue that's been going on has been with the jury. And we talked about jury selection and the issues with that like months ago or a month ago or whenever it was. Um, But today, after all of the closing arguments were done, they had 18 jurors, but only 12 are going to be the ones to decide what's going to happen to Rittenhouse. So I guess it is pretty common in Wisconsin for them to have more jurors and then select Again, at random, which jurors will actually deliberate, but it's typically done by the judge. Right, because that would make sense. That would make total sense. But they did this whole like song and dance of bringing this like tumbler up, like kind of the ones that you get with bingo Uh and having Rittenhouse, the fucking defendant, pulling the jurors out of the tumbler Uh to pick who's going to be deciding his fate. I really feel like they're doing everything that they can to... uh, make him seem as childlike as possible 
right? Like, because that very much feels to me like, oh, you can come up here, young man, and why don't you draw the numbers? Like, it very much feels um, like, and it also, what it also feels like is that they're trying to break down those barriers between the defendant and the jury, right? They're trying to, like, make it more personal to have him pull, It's totally my name, you know, like. optics thing, and it's so bizarre. It's very weird. He's acted so childlike on the stand with his crying and his fits that he's throwing. He looks ridiculous. Like, He's look, I'm going to call it right now. Like he's going to get off on this. Yes. It, there is just it's this whole. And that's why the first thing I said is this trial is a fucking circus. Like nothing in this could be taken seriously, in my opinion. And a lot of other like law professors and, you know, legal people in Wisconsin are kind of like, this is fucking weird. Like the optics of it doesn't make any sense. And it's not a good idea. I mean, I think the best that we can hope for is if someone were to come in afterwards and um, because of the way that the judge has behaved, do I don't miss trial or right, I don't trial. I don't really know how the law works. How do you I'm not keep a lawyer. the judge accountable? Like, I feel like that's such a difficult thing because he is like the highest of the court in that court. Like he is Lawyers God. Write in and let us know. Law people write in and let us know. Please do. I know that there are ways to declare a mistrial or get a retrial if the judge is showing bias. You have to, I don't know what the definition of bias is. Right. I'm sure that there's a very strict legal definition of what that is. But this feels like extreme bias. Oh, yeah. His, the prosecution must just be banging their heads against the table every day, just like going insane. I couldn't, if I, as a serious prosecutor was trying to gain justice for these victims and I was witnessing everything that was going down in that courthouse every day, I'd be losing my goddamn mind. And imagine what it must be like for the families of the people that he killed. Absolutely devastating. Because like, again, this whole thing, it, they're treating it like it's a joke. Like people didn't die and lose their lives to this man. Like it just is Well, they so just don't care because they think that those people deserved it. That's the problem. Like that's that's the problem you always get with these people, this like lack of empathy because they will just say, well, they shouldn't have been there in the first place. They already have little to no empathy. Kyle shouldn't have been there in the first place. Right. What was he doing there? But they will switch it in their minds to say like oh well black lives matter was destroying property we're putting property above people yeah once again like that's the problem yeah is that we can excuse they want to convince us that we can excuse kyle rittenhouse's behavior because he was protecting property right right um like as he went there to patrol quote unquote yeah he and was protect the city he was claiming that he was going to give medical assistance and then i remember how when we were yeah We had like a medical kit with him, but it was like bullshit. Like it was not for the purposes that he was saying it was for. Um, I remember if it was, I'm sorry, like you, a 17 year old boy with no medical training, you're the one who's going to come in and save the fucking day. I remember, I'm like remembering us talking about him now more. I remember like, wasn't he kind of like in some sort of like, ROTC kind yeah, of thing and he like, like chatted with the cops that night yeah, but and like, the cops so like I. gave him a vest or something didn't they like I know that is wild to me that you were in ROTC oh I was great at it I still have all of my like ribbons and medals that's so weird yeah, to me that's was so funny good. but I like I know that he was kind of buddying up to like the cops and stuff that night too like he had they it, gave him water and yeah. like waved him on after he'd shot people he was trying to surrender because he yeah. had his arms up you remember yes I do uh, and they were waved him on he went home they had to go get him later yeah you know it is astounding it is upsetting I I didn't write any notes about this because one 
I think we're going to have a lot to talk about when the verdict does come down. Definitely. But two, because I already told you before we started recording, my mental health is hanging on by a thread, my friends. Like, I feel like my uh, depression and anxiety is pretty high at the moment. Um, and you don't got to put yourself through that. It It fills me with such, like, pure rage that, like, I... I just my heart starts to like beat faster yes. and I'm like you know what I think I need to just well and that's the thing about being empathetic is that we can't read these news stories and these things that are upsetting to us without them actually affecting us and I think right. that's what a lot of the people that listen to the show go through as well where it's like we care so much and that's what we want the information but then it also is emotionally taxing on us too for many different reasons depending yeah. on what the story is you know yeah. what I mean so you've got to take care of yourself first for sure. as we always say I think if you're justice oriented it's difficult yeah. right because it's just like I just want to see justice done in this situation and that like creeping suspicion that I'm not going to it uh, almost makes it harder to get the updates and to learn more yeah, about it when yeah. you already kind of know. And I think for me, that's kind of been why I haven't been, I've been reading about it, but I haven't been, I think as in depth with it as I was like with the Chauvin trial and things like that, because it's just so upsetting at every single turn, right. what they're getting away with in that court. Right. And also knowing, I think for me, it's also like I'm dreading the non-guilty verdict coming down because of what it's going to, the message it's going to send. Oh, and I forgot to say that they haven't set up any sort of like security or anything that uh, for the verdict. Shit is going to pop off. Dude. Yes. Like it really will. It's 100%. very, um, that's dangerous. It's negligent it and dangerous to not have anything set up for after the verdict is yeah, read. When yeah. you understand how this crime happened to begin with, it's just negligence. Yeah, it's it's nerve wracking. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's talk about one other pretty awful thing before we move on to like anything slightly more positive. I have great news. So you okay? Go, let me give do me my stuff. let me do my two stories, and then you close with your great news. Okay? Yay! Okay, fantastic. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, I did want to, since we just talked about it last week, I did want to very quickly discuss the... Um, additional Astroworld victims that uh, unfortunately have passed away since we recorded last time. Wasn't there like a nine-year-old boy? Yes. So the first one was Bardi Shahani. Uh, She was 22. Mm. She was a university student um, and she'd been attending her first music festival with her sister and her cousin. Oh. Yeah. So they weren't near the stage, but they weren't aware that they were fenced in on three sides. So when... Where are you fenced in on three sides at a music show? It must have been the way that these like corrals were. Like they were, they were in the back, but they were like fenced in on three sides. Oh my gosh. So the people were probably closing them in. Yeah. So when the crowd began to surge, they weren't able to get out. And so the three lost sight of each other during the surge and Barty's sister describes falling and almost being trampled before luckily being helped up by a stranger. Oh my God. But it was during this time that Barty was critically injured and she died in the hospital nearly a week later on November 10th. There is, I think we discussed this recently, but like I'm so claustrophobic. The idea yeah. of being confined in a small space like that, especially by people, yeah. and you know you're in danger and you can't get out, oh, that horrible. I just got such a wave of anxiety yeah. putting myself in their shoes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she was an electronic systems engineering student mm. at Texas A&M. Smarty, smarty pants. The news footage... Like, I feel like I'm going to cry right now. Like the news footage of her family at the hospital after her passing mm. is devastating. So her mom, I feel like if you've ever been like when my cousin passed away, he passed away very suddenly and unexpectedly in like his mid thirties um, mm. a couple years ago. And I went to the funeral and um, my aunt Martha, the way if you've ever been in the room when a mother has lost her child or is grieving that loss. Um, That's the kind of sound this woman made in front of like news reporters. And it was so devastating. Yeah, truly devastating. And um, her sister, uh, her sister told reporters, words cannot describe how I'm feeling right now. We were always together, always doing things together. So they were close in age, just really sad. Mm. I'm going to knock out, the other sad one, just real quickly, so <sighs> Rip off we can the move on. Um, but this one is truly devastating, not just because of the age of the victim. So this is nine-year-old Ezra Blount. He is the youngest victim of this tragedy. Mm. He had traveled to Houston to see his favorite artist with his father. Who was his favorite artist? Was it Travis Barker? Uh, Travis Scott. Travis Scott, not yeah, Travis Barker. I think sorry. I believe so. Yeah. Oh. And this was meant to be a father-son bonding experience. During the crowd surge, brace yourself. Um, during the crowd surge, 
Ezra's dad had him on his shoulders, and when people pushed in, his chest became compressed, making it hard for him to breathe, and so his father lost consciousness. And so when he lost consciousness, Ezra fell off of his shoulders. And then got trampled. And then was trampled by the crowd. So horrible, (laughs) truly horrible. Um, Because they had been separated and his father was unconscious, um, he was found and taken to the Texas Children's Hospital as a John Doe because they didn't know who he belonged to. Oh, my God. Imagine what that father is going through. Wakes up from being unconscious. Where is my nine-year-old son? You find him and he's in really bad shape, you know, and the father was not interviewed, the grandfather. So the father's father was interviewed for this. Um, But Ezra had gone nine years old. Ezra had gone into cardiac arrest, which damaged his heart. And then he had swelling in his brain. So he was placed in a medically induced coma in an attempt to overcome um, those issues. He also had issues with his liver and kidney or trauma to his liver and kidney. Um, But he ultimately died from his injuries child yeah and so lawsuits are stacking up obviously against live nation travis scott nrg park and drake so yeah it is as ongoing is deserved yeah yeah tragic 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 and horrifying so scary um I, I like you said there is something about like the thought of being trampled or like suffocating yeah. in a crowd of people is so scary. So yeah. um, our our hearts go out to those families. Hope you can find some peace, some healing somewhere. Somehow. Because just awful. Absolutely awful. senseless deaths. Yes. Uh, okay. The last thing I have is um, a little less uh, tragic. Okay, good. <laughs> So people are starting to get time. People are starting to be sentenced uh, for the January 6th insurrection. So let's talk about a couple of these cases. Let's do it. I didn't bring this one up when it first happened, um, but it did fill me with joy. And I thought if I'm going to start talking about the people who have started to get convicted, we should bring her up because I remember days after the insurrection, this woman was everywhere. I was on Twitter just, you know, munching on popcorn, watching this lady make a fool of herself. So there is a um, Texas real estate agent and just general pain in the ass. Her name is Jenna Ryan. Oh, Uh, that name sounds really familiar. Yes. So she kind of rose to fame uh, after January 6th because she and some of her friends, other people from Texas, had taken a private jet to the event. Oh, my God. Um, And then she recorded herself inside the building saying that she was going to war and that they were storming the Capitol. I remember this video. Yes. And then once everything went down and it was like, oh, whoops, like this is not going to be good for y'all. Like and people were talking about like, hey, people were adding the FBI all over her Twitter. Yeah. So she then like got on the local news and. Um, begged Donald Trump to pardon all the Capitol rioters. And then she tweeted, and this is the other thing that made people like furious. So like a week before she was sentenced, she tweeted that she would not go to jail because she had blonde hair and blue eyes and would not be going to jail, right? Um, 
check your privilege, my <laughs> <Well>, dear. <laughs> she was sentenced to 60 days in custody. Oh, So God. 60 days isn't a ton, but you know what? I will take it. I'll take it. 60 days in prison? Mm-hmm. Have fun. She starts her sentence in January. Um, you just, you love to see it. So even though she's continued what to What if stay, she started it on January 6th? That would be just... Mwah. Poetic I, justice I right there. I love that. I love that for her. Uh <laughs> She's continued to state that she's going to jail for tweeting and not for, you know, participating in a violent domestic right, terror right, right. attempt to overthrow our democracy. Yeah, totally. It's definitely your free speech they're attacking, lady. Yeah, and yeah, she yeah. was like, I, I meant when I said storm the Capitol, I meant storm it with our words. Did you? Did you? Because you. What about your video? Yeah, because she left like she left the event. Okay, the riot. She left. She went back to her hotel, was watching it on TV, and then was like, I got to get me some of that, and went back. Like, what are you talking about? Wow. Yes. Um, this week on Wednesday, so today our time, Jacob, Jacob Chansley, a.k.a. the QAnon shaman. Yep. Who had the big headdress. I always think of him as more the QAnon Viking. Well, he calls himself a shaman. And oh. that's that was what they argued in court was that that is his shaman headwear um, as a shaman. So the defense was arguing that, was that even a problem that he was wearing that though? Why was it even brought up? Uh, I think that it was because he has kind of become like the poster child for the... Uh, you think? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that it was brought up. It was just like mentioned. Also, I think it was mentioned because he attempted... Because he's been in jail, like, uh, you know, waiting trial and, right. and sentencing and stuff. He <laughs> went on a hunger strike until they would give him organic food because his shaman diet will only allow him to have organic food so he All was right. just not gonna eat you know what i mean die in jail die mad whatever i, I think they gave it to him which is infuriating <sighs> um but he was sentenced to 41 months in prison for Fuck his role, yeah which is actually a considerable sentence I how will many say. years is that math 12 times what is 41 so 12 times 3 is is 36 right so like about four wait hold on before we make ourselves <laughs> real dumb on here because i <laughs> Because now I'm not even 41 divided by 12. What do we got? Uh, So (laughs) 3.416. So three months, four days, and a sixth of that day. Oh, sorry. Three years, however many months. And that's just a little over three years. Let's a little go with over that. Three years. You know okay. I mean? I feel like that feels good. Like three and a half. Well, good. I mean, that's a pretty, I would say that's a pretty good verdict yeah. for that. Yeah. And um, the Justice Department did that on purpose. They asked for Chansley to receive a harsh sentence as a way to set an example among the rioters and other judges. Um, because among the rioters and other judges are likely to look at this sentence as a possible benchmark for the other rioters since he was such a prominent figure. Right. Uh, and also he is the first felony defendant to receive yeah. punishment. So they're like, you're the first one. Um, We're setting precedent with right, you. Right, right. Yeah. Because Jenna Ryan, I think that's like a misdemeanor. It's not a felony. Right. She wasn't actually, like she just took, she didn't have weapons or anything, did she? No, she didn't have weapons. Yeah. Um, and like he went actually into like onto the Senate floor. He left. Yeah, he was sitting. He was sitting in the Senate in the big chair and everything. There's pictures of him Mm -hmm. everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Proof. Yes. The wazoo of this guy in there. A hundred percent. Steve Bannon, who I did talk about earlier about him um, being in 
contempt of court because he just straight up was like, nah, I'm not going to show up. Yeah, what happened with that? So he has surrendered to the FBI. However, he used the moment to try and rally the troops. I really feel like people should not have allowed him to make a statement like yeah. before going in because he said, I don't want anybody to take their eye off the ball of what we do every day. He said this directly into the camera. So he is speaking to, to his people. Mm-hmm. We're taking down the Biden regime. I want you guys to stay focused, stay on message. Remember, signal, not noise. This feels, first of all, it's beyond a dog whistle. 100%. He is a white supremacist. He's talking to other white supremacists. Given what he is being like accused of in terms of like trying to help overthrow our democracy and and, incite a riot and keep Donald Trump in power when Joe Biden had actually won the election um, saying that they're going to take down the Biden regime uh, before he's received his sentence feels very bold Uh, to me it it scares me because it genuinely feels like he thinks of himself as some kind of martyr and he like is willing to go down as long as he can rally 100%. I think that's how all of these people consider themselves. Like they, they did this for a greater good because they have a stronger meaning behind what they're doing, which is why they're able to justify all the things Which is why I feel like he should not have been allowed to speak because yeah, I'm like... Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me yeah, that they would do that. Yeah, you gave him one last opportunity to like incite more people, which yeah. is exactly what he did. Um, so as I previously said, but I, I'll restate it now, Biden faces two counts. Biden he, faces two counts? Wow, no. Jesus. <laughs> Bannon. Bannon. Uh, Twist. Bannon. <laughs> Bannon faces two counts. Each count carries a minimum of 30 days in jail to a maximum of one year. So I think that that would be like 60 to two years because two counts. Yeah. So anyway, we'll see. All right. So my great news is very, very short. But I feel that since we've discussed this story so many times on the show, we should discuss its possible conclusion Britney is freed. So I have hashtag freed Britney at the top of my notes here. Love to see it. On Friday, the Los Angeles Superior Court judge Brenda Penny terminated Britney Spears' conservatorship, freeing her from the legal binds that allowed her father and his team to make decisions about her work, who she could have contact with, and how to spend her money since 2008. And now to celebrate... She released a clip on Instagram and she says she is so grateful full for things like being able to have the keys to her car, owning her own ATM card and being able to buy candles for herself. Gosh, like, I know. Right. That's so sad. It is I mean, so it's sad. wonderful that. But, you know, but to think of the fact that she wasn't able to do this for 13 years and she's like, I can just go to Target and buy a Yankee candle now like that. Even that little bit of freedom is like so unbelievable. She also stated in the clip. I'm here to be an advocate for people with real disabilities and real illnesses. I'm a very strong woman, so I can only imagine what the system has done to those people. So hopefully my story will make an impact and make some changes in a corrupt system. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Brittany, I'm so happy for you. Brittany. Everyone yeah, just leave Brittany alone. I know she made a statement um, a while ago basically saying like, y'all, I'm not making any more music after this. Like, And I'm like, I amazing please whatever you want to do whatever you need you don't give us nothing queen yeah you know live your life whatever yeah and um she has been discussing 
more vocally about how her family in particular has been um, so horrible to her. She's really been coming after her mom on Instagram this week and things like that. So it seems like there is going to be more of this story to tell, but it is a nice conclusion to Brittany finally getting her life back. Wonderful. We love to see it. We love to see it. All right. Well, if you have anything that you would like for us to share in a news episode in the future, you know what to do. You can email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can chat with the other listeners on the group page and rate and review us on the business page. And last but certainly not least, if you haven't done so already, we would greatly appreciate if you would hop on over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a five-star review with a quick sentence about why you enjoy the show. It really does help us so much, and we really appreciate it. All right, that's all we have for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you to to rage on. on. Bye. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwein, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwein, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.